Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We are recapping a very fun game between the uh, Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche, a very close fought contest. Unfortunately, you know, the Jets just fell short, but there are some reasons to take away a little bit of optimism. We'll go over what went right for the Jets, what went wrong, all coming up on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, welcome to tonight's Locked On Jets. Thank you so much for joining us and making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like this episode and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and as you can see from this video, YouTube. We're going to be having all sorts of really cool YouTube content heading into the offseason, especially as it's not likely the Jets are to make the playoffs. So going to try to keep it interesting for us, uh, talk about some prospects, maybe bring on some special guests, all that fun stuff. Um, So keep an eye out throughout the rest of the next few months, especially as we head into summer. And I'll probably give you some playoff updates uh, around that time as well. But um, before we get underway with tonight's episode, just wanted to shout out a wonderful sponsor, Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, apologies if you notice my voice sounds a little bit strange. Uh, allergies are currently kicking my butt right now. Um, actually, I have to chew some lozenges while I'm recording because, uh, yeah, if uh, if you know pollen and you've encountered breathing it in, it's obviously not super fun, especially start of this year, um, this this spring season. So we're gonna try to get through this. Hopefully, my voice doesn't sound too bad. But I wanted to spend some time on this episode talking about the Jets versus the Avs. I feel like this game for me um, highlights a lot of why the Jets are frustrating uh, and thrilling at the same time. Winnipeg against the Avs was actually decent. Now, this is one of those situations where the Jets actually played pretty respectable hockey um, despite uh, the the 5-4 overtime loss. You know, the Jets... They held their end of the bargain, which is more than I can say for a lot of other games in which the Jets just really didn't show up. Uh, That wasn't the case here. I thought Winnipeg off the jump was aggressive. They were fast. I I think they were actually the ones to score first. uh, And it felt like Winnipeg was just very active. One thing that, you know, I, I took away from this game is that, you know, Colorado defensively, I thought was very rough. Uh, they cover the slot as well as the Jets do, which is to say, not particularly great, if I'm being honest. Uh, especially in like the first period and a half to maybe the first two periods, Colorado was basically a welcome mat in front of, I think it was Pavel Frenzos in net. Uh, and Frenzos is like, he's an all right keeper. I wouldn't say that he's uh, elite by any stretch of the imagination, but um, with the abs, the, ba- the like the main thing with them is just getting league average. As long as they have average goaltending, you know, the offense for that team generally is prolific enough to make it sure uh, to make it so uh, you know they don't have to really rely on getting a ton of saves or really shutting down opponents defensively they just outscore their opponents by like 20 goals a game yeah you're good to go so 
against the Jets, I was kind of expecting uh, a pretty rough performance. Um, the last time the Jets played the Savs team, I think, was the infamous one where, what was it? The Jets had like a 3-1 lead or even like a 4-1 lead, and then it got blown. So, yeah, not really a great pattern of history against the Savs team. You know, you might play them evenly, but Colorado always comes roaring back. This is a squad that has the sort of scoring depth and talent uh, up and down the lineup to really give the Jets fits. And like when the Jets lose to this team, I can't necessarily get super mad. <clears throat> uh, you know, it's 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 Colorado. I mean, this is a team that is basically a Stanley Cup favorite. So, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't really expecting a lot, but the Jets gave us, at least in the first few periods, a lot of fun. I, I think Winnipeg was very aggressive. They were fast. Uh, their counters looked good. And the Jets were actually matching up against Colorado's depth lines pretty well. It wasn't to where, you know, the third and fourth lines were having a really strong impact, but the top six I thought was doing a decent job. Um, <clears throat> Winnipeg's defending wasn't great, uh, but certainly neither was Colorado's, and I think that was probably the big equalizing factor. I thought both teams were trading a lot of chances. I thought that, you know, Winnipeg was trying its best to keep up, which is not exactly easy to do against Colorado's forechecking and their really fast counters. But, you know, for the Jets, what kind of ended up killing them was just individual mistakes, which you sort of expect. Um, and the same thing did happen to Colorado a number of times. It's not like the Avs were immune to it, but it's just for the Jets. Um, whenever Winnipeg makes a mistake, it often ends up in the back of the net. And, you know, Winnipeg doesn't really have the same margin for error to have issues where, uh, you're giving up a freebie. You just don't really have the room for that, especially against a Colorado team, because even if you manage to keep up with them and you're creating the same number of chances, uh, you're, you're creating the same level of shot threat, you know, the big difference for Colorado is that they have like ridiculously good finishers. So the Jets, while, you know, certainly talented in scoring, like I've mentioned earlier this year and on other podcasts, uh, the shooting percentage regression has been pretty noticeable. Uh, to the point where <clears throat> it's very much below average, uh, very strange by Winnipeg's reckoning. I mean, this is not really what we see with this team very often. So is it a worrying sign? I don't know. <clears throat> but in this game, you know, the Jets actually were lighting Francis up. I thought that they were creating some really good chances. And in general, I was just, <clears throat> I was more impressed with the performance than I expected. I thought the Jets did well. Now, not everything was great. You know, the defense was, a little bit rough around the edges. Uh, there were some moments in giveaways that probably the Jets could have done without. Uh, but aside from that, you know, can I really nitpick a game in which they lost in overtime? Probably not. It was fun. The crowd was really into it. Uh, I personally enjoyed watching it, which is not something that I can always say uh, with respect to the Jets this year. But in terms of fun hockey, I think that's exactly what Winnipeg gave us. And this is all I've been asking for this year. I don't care if they actually win or lose. What I do want to see, though, is the team fighting, uh, competing on shifts, and giving us the best version of themselves that they can. Even if they don't win, as long as you're uh, giving us really hard shifts, as long as you're giving us lots of fun hockey, I've got no complaints. I think that's my main takeaway. Um, I wanted to talk about you know, what it means for future matchups, and, and should the Jets be inspired by this, or should they start to... Uh, reconsider things and then, and then you know talk a little bit about Dylan Sandberg because I think Sandberg's footprint or, or I guess footprint palm print whatever you want to say was really clearly identifiable on this game and why it does mean that at some point the team needs to evaluate what they do with Logan Stanley. 
Before we go any further, though, I do want to tell you about our really awesome friends at Athletic Greens. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had Athletic Greens before. Um, I've been trying their AG1 product, and AG1 is super great. If you don't know what that is, uh, Athletic Greens is a, a really tasty uh, nutritional supplement that's supposed to give you a lot of vitamins and minerals so that you can try and you know boost your immune system, get that really good start to your day, all that fun stuff. Uh, but <clears throat> if you're wondering about AG1 specifically, which is the supplement that I've had, all you need is one delicious scoop and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, anything that you can imagine involving your health, you know, AG1 and Athletic Greens are here to help make it easier than ever. You don't have to worry about taking pills. It's actually very tasty. And I think you'll, you know, really enjoy just how convenient it is. Um, I think one of the biggest things, though, is that <clears throat> aside from being super convenient, this actually saves you a good deal of money. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than trying to drink cold brews. Uh, some of us really love coffee or Lord knows whatever weird smoothies we're injecting ourselves with. But, you know, AG1 and Athletic Greens, they're cheaper. They're giving you all the supplements you need. And again, you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional platform. So you really can't go wrong. So to get out, if you want to get started, it's easier than ever. Right now, you can you can reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a meal. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/nhlnetwork. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. <clears throat> Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are uh, taking a look at, uh, you know, Winnipeg versus Colorado, which as a game wasn't so bad. I thought Winnipeg was pretty impressive. And, you know, given the circumstances of where this team is, uh, some of the morale issues the team has had, not so bad. Uh, before we get into talking about more about this game and what it might mean for the future of next season, though, I do want to let you know about our Locked On Now program. I think you would really benefit from subscribing. Uh, if you don't know what Locked On Now is, it's our, our our network's super unique program where we take all of the hottest trade rumors, um, initial action, game recaps, instant analysis, really timely stuff in really bite-sized condensed format, so you get all of the latest NHL league action delivered to you in super digestible form. It's really easy. <clears throat> you know, subscribing is free. And I really recommend you do it. It's on your favorite podcasting platforms, just like our podcast. And it's also on YouTube. So you really have no reason not to subscribe. Do it right now. And you'll always stay abreast of all of the latest NHL action up to the minute. Now, speaking of NHL action, you know, the Jets versus the Avs. It was a fun game. I think if you watched it, you probably really enjoyed it. Um, Winnipeg, of course, had a very dr dramatic late game tire, thanks to Nikolai Ehlers, who, you know, big reminder, Nikolai Ehlers is probably our best overall player. Uh, aside from like Hellebuck in like a prime Vezina season, Ehlers in terms of these skaters is just, he's the man. Uh, and if you really don't know why he's so good, I think this game just showcases the uh, effortless edge work, the great vision, the passing, um, <clears throat> the speedy counters in transition. And also his offensive acumen. This year, it's really been, 
something that I think people have maybe missed out on in previous years. He used to have a penchant for like not having a great shooting percentage over the past couple of years that sort of adjusted. Last year, though, in terms of like his play driving ability, was probably one of his weaker se- uh, weaker seasons. But this year, he's back to his best. He looks refreshed and uh, looks recovered from any of his injuries. He's fast. He's dangerous. He's scoring a ton. He's assisting a ton. Um, so there's really not much that he can't do. You know, people might say, well, he doesn't really defend. And it's like, I, yeah, I, I get that. In zone defense is not what Ehlers does. Uh, his whole philosophy, I, I think, is what the Jets should be building towards, which is defense through offense. I think when you watch what the Avs do, uh, defensively inside their own end, they're as weak as the Jets are at times. And in fact, this game was probably one of their worst defensive performances of the season. So uh, it's not always a trend with them. But in previous years, I have noticed that this team does cheat for offense, which is okay. It's not the worst thing. And I think the reason for that is if if you're out creating your opponents and you're dominating offensive zone possession, you're not surrendering the puck and really allowing a lot of defensive zone possession where you have to uh, constantly try and repossess the puck and enforce turnovers. It does mean that you're spending everywhere else or, or spending all the all your time up the ice, which is really important uh, because not only are you doing a, a defending of, of a sort, you're also creating offensive opportunities. So it's killing two birds with one stone. And I think with how the Jets could play eventually, guys like Ehlers would be a perfect fit for this. I think that this is sort of the presence of mind that I would like the Jets to have. Um, I think that there's a chance that they could be good at it under the right coaching staff. And I think Winnipeg, with a few uh, changes to the roster, could really excel in this style of game. Is it going to be chancier at times? Yes. They will concede opportunities. They will be a little bit defensively loose. But if you can dominate with offensive chances and certainly chance creation, especially high danger stuff, you can kind of surmount some of your issues with maybe shoddier defensive coverage, uh, stuff that's not so great in marking off of the rush. I think all of these things could help the Jets maybe find themselves in better straights, especially going forward, because it's clear this team does not really adapt well to a slower style. I think if Winnipeg speeds the game up, ups the tempo and intensity, and starts to focus on getting speedier skaters to you know help with end-to-end rushes, and creating off the rush, I think the Jets would really benefit from that and be a lot stronger uh, going forward. This is the kind of game that I think the Jets should really model themselves after. And, uh, you know, the Avs obviously need some really good fortune to kind of get into that sort of situation where you have a roster this strong with a great supporting cast. But the Jets could also do a lot to build out this roster themselves. They've got a really strong core on paper. And it's just about finding the right supplemental pieces and getting guys involved that should be um, part of your you know, primary offensive drivers. Now, speaking of a pretty strong supporting cast, I want to talk about one player who has impressed me uh, since returning to the lineup recently. We'll talk about who this guy is. Uh, spoiler alert, it is Dylan Sandberg and why I think he's been uh, a really welcome uh, player who's come back to this lineup and what I think he can bring and why he should be a more permanent member going forward. Before we get into any of that, though, I just wanted to talk about the awesome folks that I mentioned at the start of this podcast, Bet Online. I'm not personally big on online betting. Uh, <clears throat> I've mentioned that on previous podcasts, but, uh, you know, even for somebody who, who doesn't really bet like me and doesn't really understand it, Bet Online makes it super easy. I actually placed a bet a while back on something like an Eintracht Frankfurt match. And it really was as straightforward as it could possibly be. I had a great understanding. Uh, I understood the, the money lines and stuff. 
BetOnline really made it super convenient. But not only is it great for you know online betting, BetOnline is also your number one source for all of the sports info you're looking for. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. No matter what sport you're into, BetOnline really has uh, all covered. F1, IndyCar, basketball, hockey, uh, American football, even European football. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. They are your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, live scores, and everything in between. Go to BetOnline.net right now on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the latest trends in action, and be sure to sign up for a free account. BetOnline where the game starts. While we're thinking about it, I did also want to talk about a really amazing protein bar. You know, we're talking about health this episode and and staying healthy. And uh, if you've ever had protein bars, you know, most of them are kind of nasty. They're dry, uh, tasteless, and they might look like a candy bar and even advertise themselves to taste like one. But let's be honest, most of them really aren't telling the truth. And that's kind of why Built Bar is super great. I've actually had plenty of Built Bars. I think that they're a fabulous product. Uh, they're actually the only folks to really uh, walk the talk, I would say. It comes in a 100% real chocolate exterior with a soft, chewy interior. And honestly, it really does taste like a candy bar. Uh, They've got great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. Um, There's like an apple pie flavor that I super love. I'm also a big fan of like the raspberry dark chocolate. Uh, You really can't go wrong. And they've also got some really cool textures. They've got ones that are filled with uh, marshmallow. They've got like a churro marshmallow flavor, which... Mm. Let me just tell you, churro marshmallow, a match made in heaven. Uh, now, as good as these taste, and they are amazing, I'll, I'll say that, they're even better for you, with most clocking in at around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So, you're getting all of the fortification you need to start your day, maybe as a snack, maybe as your breakfast, or something before your workout to get your day going. If you want to get into Built Bars, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on Dylan Sandberg and why I think he should be a more long-term member of this team. Now, uh, Sandberg in the game against Colorado, I thought, immediately had an impact. One of the things that he really does very simply is a great first pass, which doesn't really sound all that impressive. But you have to understand, you know, the Jets historically haven't had great blue liners who can move the puck effectively, whether it's passing or with skating in possession. Now, Sandberg actually does both. Because he's so strong on the puck, he's actually pretty hard to dispossess. Uh, He shields it effectively. He can negotiate challenges. He can work along the walls. And he's also got really good vision up the ice to make great passes. I think that these are all essential parts of his game. Um, And uh, what I also was kind of surprised by was how good offensively he is. I think that his understanding of when to drop between the circles, when to start to create space uh, along the perimeter, uh, especially near the walls, and his ability to find gaps in opposing defensive coverages just makes him a really versatile threat. I think that if he gets a lot of game time with the Jets, you'll slowly start to see some of those point totals climb up, not because he's taking a lot of shots himself, but because he's really involved in build-up play, which I think, you know, for a guy of his caliber and size is really important because I think he can be somebody who, uh, especially from the back end, can be a really elite space creator. Now, Sandberg, um, you know, certainly will make mistakes from time to time. I think that that is very clear. 
but Dylan's upside for me is super high. I think we're looking at a guy who could potentially become a, a really strong second pairing option for the Jets. Uh, and I think he has a lot of the traits that the Jets traditionally love. He's very physically strong. He's tall. He's got a huge frame. Um, but it doesn't come at the expense of his skill. And I think that's why when I look at Logan Stanley and you know the development course that he's taken, as much as the fans love Logan and as enjoyable as it is when he you know uses his strength and physicality to muscle guys off the puck, unfortunately, a lot of the rest of his game is, is still leaving a lot to be desired. I think that he really struggles with defensive reads. Um, his biggest issue is honestly uh, the fact that he reacts to stuff too often. I think, you know, with with his size and the slower mobility, you need to be able to read and anticipate stuff well in advance, which is kind of like uh, Cole Perfetti's game. You know, he's not really got the, the greatest top-end gear, but because Cole is constantly mapping out stuff well in advance of when he actually starts executing plays, he can make it happen. Um, with Stanley, Stanley kind of reads and reacts way too late to stuff, and it often leads to him, you know, surrendering really bad goals not really having strong defensive coverages, and he's not really as physically strong uh, against opposing skaters as you might expect. And so for me, I think Logan really should probably come out long-term. You know, Dylan Sandberg, I think, is more than capable of anchoring his spot, and uh, it would also be a good time to start talking about Heinola and when Villy can enter this lineup, because I think Villy's puck movement and positive offensive contributions really do outweigh a lot of his weaker defensive coverages. Uh, and Sandberg, I think, can kind of do the inverse. I think he's really defensively aware. I think he's got uh, great spatial awareness. But also, you know, his offensive game ain't so bad. I think he might be able to contribute to stuff for the Jets. Um, maybe not power play quarterbacking, but certainly um, some good offensive zone distribution and space creation. I think all of these things he could do and do them pretty darn well. Uh, again, you know, you're not looking for like elite level production here, but if you're looking for a guy who can you know, chip in maybe 25 points a season while still being a net positive impact on your defense, Dylan might be checking off all those boxes. And the more that I see of him, the more impressed I am. I think he's got a great future for the Jets. I would like to see him full time and hopefully they can make this a reality. Now, uh, you know, the, the Jets did actually play another game um, on Sunday, and we'll be talking about that one on our next episode this game against the Ottawa Senators, and then the day after, they also have to play uh, Montreal. So it's a very busy schedule this this coming week. Um, we're going to have plenty of thoughts on the Jets as they try and salvage any sort of a playoff run. You know, they only got one point against the Avs, which is one point in fairness more than I expected, but it's still probably not going to be enough. Let's see how they handle the rest of their Canadian opponents and if the Jets can try and drag themselves back into the talk of a playoff run. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.